When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Cheers and welcome to our guest, Hope McIntyre. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome, Hope. Thank you. Yes. Hi, Susie. I'm Margo. Hello. You're sitting Hello. a little further back Hi, on the couch. Hi, yeah. well, cheers. You know what? It's the show home here at Fox Ridge. They have a very beautiful couch. And thank you so much to Fox Ridge Homes. Details make the difference. And, uh, and Poppy for clothing. So welcome, Hope. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so girls, just to fill you in a bit. Um, she is, well, the artistic director of Sarah's Body Productions and responsible, I'm going to say responsible for creating such a great kind of community, especially in the uh, women's community of arts and culture, writing, directing, um, acting, and more importantly, giving a voice. Mm -hmm. And it's not just women anymore because <laughs> women is such a bigger title, or it means so much more. So, uh, you know, first of all, there's going to be a lot of, I think, discussion on going further on to what you're doing right now. I love this, the, uh, you know, reconciliation through the arts. Yeah. Um, but anyways, give us a little bit of background on Sarah's Body and, and how it was your dream. Sure. Well, I think what's really exciting is that, uh, you know, when you come out of theater school and you come out of knowing that you want to do something that has a profound impact, you sometimes have to deal with the mainstream, which isn't always open to experimentation and to, to doing new things. So founding a company was like the ideal way for myself and my colleagues at the time to do the kind of art we wanted to do and push those boundaries. And, and yeah, I mean, traditionally, when you think of like great playwrights, who do you think of? A lot of men, right? Yes, yeah. So this was our way of, of being able to open those doors and, and definitely provide a stage for, for a great number of people who, who have such amazing stories that we don't get to hear enough. Well, I know. And I mean, well, your major one was, well, FemFest. And, mm -hmm. you know, Margot says, oh, yeah, like the vagina monologues and yeah, kind of like, like that. Yeah, that's the first thing that and, came to mind, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm Susie. I mean, seeing local shows and stuff like that. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting now because being a woman mm -hmm. or feminism yeah. what does that mean now and you know how has that expanded how has that helped us tell our stories more or has it made it harder 
I think it's opened it up. Like what's so cool is like when I go back, FemFest started in 2003. Yeah. So we just celebrated our 17th year. Wow. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a lot. And we've featured hundreds of artists. And at first, yeah, it was very much about like women's stories. But in the last like six, seven years, like exploring the trans experience and, and non-binary, we just did an emerging artist project at FemFest. And, and instead of it just being for young women, it was for anyone who identifies or non-binary and it just opened up so many ideas and like casting like why do we only have to play traditionally female roles mm -hmm. why can't we experiment with you know the type of characters we want to play and yeah I think there's been a huge journey and for me it's exciting because yes. then we have a much wider perspective of what it is to be a human being not just one gender or the other mm -hmm. gender but we get to experience mm -hmm. so much more than that what were some of the difficulties that you faced in the beginning, because I remember, because we, we, I would be, you know, doing stories with you and, and you know, Sarah's body and you know, trying to explain and everything like that. And this is like this little theater group that's bound and determined. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's what it was, very grassroots. And we've mm -hmm. tried to keep those community ties because I think part of the problem is once you become institutionalized, it's harder to have open doors and it's mm -hmm. harder to be accessible. And and so I think, you know, as I like to say, we're like the little company that could. Yeah. We just keep <laughs> trying to reach out to the community, keep trying to look for stories that need to be told. And and so the company itself, yeah, we've been around for, for almost 20 years here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And we're at a point, which is so exciting for me, where we're actually beginning a transition process to bring in new leadership and I've loved being able to mentor like wow. new young women new artists and and that's that's the goal right is to get yes. to the point where people can carry on that legacy and and do new and more exciting things well, right well, congratulations I mean you know what because sometimes yeah you have to hang on it's your baby and you yeah. you know unfortunately there's no one to pass the torch on and you know quite often right the flame flickers out and it dies yeah. but this has so much momentum I'm just talking uh, thinking about your last FemFest mm -hmm. it you had like interactive theater, which I thought was really cool, you know, because we're going to get to it to our audience too. We do have an audience here and it's going to be interactive. interactive. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the great thing because it's about conversations. Yeah. Uh, so we so sort of explain that. What is interactive theater for the people who don't know what that means? It can be a wide variety of things. So okay. one example this year is uh, a piece called Foreign Exchange, where there was only four audience participants. And there was $1,000 cash on the table, and the audience interacted with the money, and there was like questions asked of them and exploration of what does this paper actually mean, right? We value it so much. Like, what is it for you? How much would you pay for your happiness? How much would you pay for your clothing? How much would you pay? And it was just really cool. Audiences came out like looking at money all differently. Um, we had one that was like mother like daughter, and it was actual mothers and daughters on stage being asked questions. Oh my goodness, that's so cool! It was so much fun okay. because they would like you know. Now, were the, was it scripted or was it like Not just at kind all. of wow? How did you pay well, we specifically were looking for indigenous mother and daughter pairs or pairs where the mother had come from elsewhere so that there was a bit of a, you know, Dynamic. I'm a Canadian, mm -hmm. I, I did not grow up in Canada. Amazing. And some of the questions were like, you know, mom, tell me, you know, what makes you most proud about me? Mm -hmm. Or And they didn't know what the questions were. They were in an envelope. They opened and asked in the moment. Very cool. Wow. So, okay, yeah. now I'm sad that I missed that, it's but okay. It's an improv component almost, but it's honesty, so it's a little different. Absolutely. Yeah. And just seeing the reactions. Yes. Sure. When you're like, oh, I have to answer this. In uh, front of people? In yeah, front of strangers? People. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, and too bad.
bad you didn't document it. But I mean, aren't those cool ideas? Oh, like yeah. really? Yeah, you oh, could yeah. do a whole series that. on that. People would yeah. be, would find that so entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, so another thing that you're working on is a big project. Mm-hmm. Re reconciliation through art. Yeah. With art. And it's, it's amazing, because I think there's so much talk right now about what reconciliation is. And in fact, the word itself has even been a bit problematic as we've worked with the community and, mm -hmm. and what does it really actually mean in practice? Mm -hmm. And how do the arts have to be more responsive and open? Because to be honest, we aren't right now. There's not enough diversity in, in the theater, in, nope. in film, in television, across nope. the board in the yes. entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And so we've gone out and uh, worked with Indigenous youth at seven different organizations. We have a completely Indigenous team overseeing mm -hmm. it and taking their stories that will be put on stage outdoors at the Forks in May. And the idea is, if you want to talk about reconciliation, let's ask Indigenous youth what their lives are actually like right now. What are they experiencing? What are the issues that we really need mm -hmm. to understand better before we can even talk to them? And there was this one great analogy that a young um, participant at Children of the Earth shared. He said, you know, right now I feel like it's like you burnt down someone's house and then you decided how to rebuild it for them without even asking them. And that was very profound for us. A uh, teenager, yeah. Wow. That is very deep, I think, oh, absolutely. for a child yeah. to have that kind of perspective on what's happening to them it's versus so, yeah. being yeah. a part of the process, right? It's so interesting oh. to me that you guys are the ones like bringing up these conversations as a theater company. Like, I think it's, it's really wonderful, but then what happens from there? Like, do you document the type of insights that you guys get and, and who are you sharing that information with? Yeah, well, I mean, we're documenting it and it'll all become a show for people to come and see. And then beyond that, we're trying to create some kind of work plan because mm -hmm. Most theaters in Canada are struggling with how do we become more inclusive and how do we like let go of those who are in power and open it up to other people. So a lot of it is coming out of this process with recommendations and we're learning so much about like if you want people to participate in theater, you know, you can't expect them to do it the way you've been doing it. Yeah. And so I think that's the documenting how right. we change it. Yeah. And it's that them and us relationship. Absolutely. Well, I know I was recently at a show at Prairie Theatre Exchange and they signed the Indigenous Accord and they're saying that every season they're going to have one play that is by an Indigenous playwright or about Indigenous culture. And so they just had one recent, not too long ago in Winnipeg that was really impactful. I, I saw it and thought it was really great. Um, way to address like different topics that maybe people aren't as comfortable with, but they did it in a really accessible way. And so I thought that was really great. But so maybe things like that accord are, are helping people kind of realize they have to do something about it too. You guys seem like you've had this in mind for a long time though. You're, it's not new. Yeah, I think, well, but we can always do more and do better. But I think you're right. It's like, it's one thing to sign an accord. It's another thing to actually do, do something. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's good that a lot of people are, are doing that. And yeah, we're doing just even Wednesday this week, we've got Casey Adams yes, talking at our uh, fundraising event Wonderful. and showing off her visual art. So there's so many amazing artists in the community mm -hmm. that we, we don't even know, know. about. I know. Yeah. And uh, just doing some of the stories with you and I mean, uh, the interviews. And you're right, it's the kids. But to have an elder sit down and tell her, full story to a total stranger it was like it was like i i could not believe that was betty ross or yeah at children yeah of the betty Earth. ross betty yeah. ross she's and a residential she, school survivor and, and yeah and uh, she played with or, or was really close friends with uh, betty osborne and so she was telling me that whole story 
and at such a young age and, and so clearly and so vividly at age four or just a tiny girl and, and she was describing it how she ran out of the home and was hiding in an overturned boat and then was found and then brought into, you know, the church or wherever and you know, it's like then the, the rest was, you know, un, unbelievable. Was her story being taken, basically? Her, well, she was taken yeah. and then, you know, sent into a residential mm -hmm. school. But mm -hmm. then, you know, at, and then she was telling how she was treated. It was mm -hmm. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But then her healing journey. And, and yeah, it's been healing. great to have you document some of this for us, too, because she has talked a lot about how she's mm -hmm. now been able to come back to her, her, her sense of self. And, mm -hmm. uh, and to have her share that with the teenagers yes. there at Children yeah. of the Earth, like high school is so important so and that they understand. The, yeah, and one of the teenagers uh, in his recommendation said that we want, I need more elders. We need more elders in the school mm. to share their stories because that's the only way, I guess, well, that they can have a real connection. And it was, uh, it was very, very powerful. And some of those, some of those uh, students spoke so well. It was like, my goodness, well, the one boy, he was on, what, um, in government or whatever. Yeah. Marshall's part of the Marshall, parliament. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I said, okay, I'm, my vote, I'm voting for you. <laughs> you should be running. Because yeah. such He's a clear to. thought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and another fellow that was just finding his story through art. And he's explaining to me what he, his artwork was, because that was their project, was some sort of art form and uh, just really riveting stories. And they remember them so well mm -hmm. that it's, it's not just something that they're making up or something that they felt that wasn't really, really true stories. So um, I'm gonna might switch it to the audience here too. Now that we're talking about some sort of things, Diane's kind of going, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe um, Diane, maybe share with us a little bit about the work that you do and like, you know, in this whole kind of healing process, where do we, you know, what more can we do? And Margot, we had this conversation as like, there's so much information coming in. What is the solution or is there a solution or where can we go from here? Well, I thought the comment that Hope uh, shared about the young person saying, don't rebuild the house for me without asking me, I think that right there just cuts through all of it. And I think that um, the work that, you know, I work for uh, this thing called the Winnipeg Boldness Project, and we're a social lab, and so what that means is that it's a platform where we're prototyping ideas and prototyping solutions, and how we get to those solutions is by actually talking to um, the folks that are being challenged, that they get to define what the challenge is, because often others will define what the challenge is, and then we start solving for it, mm -hmm. versus you know, folks who are being impacted get to define the challenge and then they start solving for it, right? And then the rest of us figure out how we can help and how we can ally and what our role is and what's an appropriate role. Um, so that's sort of what the, at the core of uh, what the Winnipeg Boldness Project is all about. And so we're, we're very often talking about how, um, you know, again, families that get defined as having a lot of challenges, and there's a lot of assumptions in that, I think, um, but how are they participating in society? And so there's, you know, usually we go to policy or, you know, economics of, of, of a society. Um, but we were um, very fortunate to run a prototype around participation in the arts. I think probably most Winnipeggers, most Manitobans, most Canadians would understand how important the arts 
are to our society, to our culture, to our, you know, um, to our light and to our living and to our livelihood. And so, um, you know, but who, if we take a real hard look at who is participating in the arts, right? A lot of what Hope is saying. Um, and so we were able to work with our families who, again, are typically defined as, you know, having all these challenges. And, and that's factual. Yes, they do. It's not all that they are. It's, it's half of the story. Um, and so are they participating in the arts scene in Winnipeg? And by and large, no. And so the easy first step is usually, well, here's some free tickets to things. That isn't the only barrier to participation. And so talking to our families, we learned so much about what are all the barriers. And so there are some obvious things like the cost, you know, the transportation, childcare, um, you know, many of these things are very expensive once you're even in the venue, whether it's, you know, refreshments or, you know, what you know, programs or, you know, the cost of actually being in the venue. Um, and I was really uh, quite impressed with our arts community um, because many of them stepped up and went so, like, they dealt with all of that. And so they rolled out the red carpet for our families who wouldn't normally have been able to participate without that red carpet um, experience. But they went further and they started doing workshops, Right. And they started saying, well, here's the behind the scenes. Here's if you want a career in this, like on stage or behind, mm -hmm. you know, so there was all this career pathing about if you're interested in this, here's how you would get into this industry. Here's all the different, you know, options around getting into this industry. So um, and I think that we also had um, a major foundation uh, or, or a corporate organization that had its foundational arm really start to change their funding policy about how they were funding the arts based on what they were learning from our family's experience, because I think a lot of the charitable aspect of donating to the arts um, there is usually some sort of expectation that the arts might you know quote unquote give back um, yeah. based on that receiving of some sort of charitable an amount and so the easy give back is here's free tickets right yeah. but again, again I was just very impressed that our arts uh, community really stepped up and and so in some ways has really now set the bar right and so this particular yeah. one foundation is saying well free tickets might not be the only thing <laughs> like yeah. can you go a little bit further in that and and I think it's just again really being sincere and, and genuine about do we want people to participate or not you know and in Winnipeg the numbers again I'm Indigenous um, First Nations woman and you know the projections of who's going to make up Winnipeg uh, is changing quite rapidly mm -hmm. and by and large the, the high growth areas in population those populations are generally by and large not participating in the arts right now mm -hmm. wow. so something to think about <laughs> yeah no and so yeah that leaves us with the, yeah a bigger burden to bear i mean I, of course i've been in the arts and entertainment or arts and culture with the ballet and i know that the ballet and in, in ballet and the symphony and the opera right were always considered and probably they were the organizations here's free tickets and um you know and hopefully that landscape is changing i mean the ballet did do going home star, the ballet that kind of, you know, opened doors, I guess, you know, giving dance a voice mm -hmm. on a, you know, on a story too as well. But I know that um, mm -hmm. uh, Canadian Tire Jumpstart provides oh, yeah. uh, grants to families and the, the families get to choose where that funding goes to. So it can be for the ballet tights and the ballet, you know, the shoes and the everything. 
So yeah. our school, our dance school does have um, and has had for a few years students who've ha received the grant. Yeah. You see that so much in sports, right? You know, Absolutely. drop off your hockey yeah. equipment, Absolutely. your skates, you know. Yeah. And I think what's been really interesting is, is, as you're saying, Diane, which is so great, that some of these youth just didn't even know that the arts were an option for them. Mm -hmm. And so Bear, yes. who was one yeah. of the ones you were speaking about, um, he's doing a mural for us for the show. So, and we've got Jamie um, Black mentoring him on how to do that and how to enter. He wants to be an artist, mm -hmm. but never having that option open to him. So we have to make sure we're supporting it on all sides because yes, transportation is a barrier. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, having a space to work in is a barrier. Having the tools to work with are barriers. Absolutely. They're not going to go in their school clothes. Mm -hmm. They need yeah. painting clothes or right. dance clothes or whatever mm -hmm. to participate you know, fully participate. And this Absolutely. actually really goes, you know, beyond the indigenous community. It goes to all the big, you know, immigrants that Absolutely. are coming in, the oh, big absolutely. population yep. that really have so much to give and share their stories. And you work with a lot of them too, Hope. Um, going back though, in my experience doing these stories as following the project, uh, we were at a place and uh, it was a young guy that wanted to do his interview and so took him outside and, it didn't he wasn't even really talking about his project he was just he was talking about life and what this being in this little project on Sarasvati says wow this is so cool he said i can't believe it he said i if i wasn't here he said i'd be out in the streets and very bluntly and saying i'd be out in the streets selling drugs he says yeah he says yeah i haven't lived a great life but he says now i can see there's potential um it was it was amazing, and I said, well, you just even being able to say that, and if you say it, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, I'll never forget that. And mm -hmm. he was just opening up and then went inside the, the um, room or whatever, and there's a poster of different things and sayings, and I think really it looked like feelings that these teenagers that, that would come to the drop-in center, you know, be just like a group thing mm -hmm. and different sayings. And it was like what r really struck me was one, when I cross the bridge, I feel different. Mm -hmm. And the bridge was that one on oh, the Salter Bridge. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's what it was. When I cross the Salter Bridge, I feel different. Those Meaning testimonials that, would be so impactful mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was just like... Clearly, it's just like it was like you and me walking to the next block or to right. another neighborhood, and you feel something. different. Yeah. In this day and age, yeah. in 2020 or almost 2020, <laughs> <laughs> I I was like, wow. Um, but I think it's as much as we feel that we think we know everything and we're well educated and, we, and with the internet and we can see everything, I think that's been a real detriment because we haven't talked, we don't really know oh, yeah, huge what blind spots, true right? people, yeah. are, what their true feelings are, ha are going on with. And, mm -hmm. you know, I guess, you know, hopefully a project like this just creates some conversation. Well, and I think that's like coming back to like making sure that we're not speaking for anybody. And I yes. think that's really important. And there's been a lot of, you know, how do we respectfully make sure that we're opening the option up, but not mm -hmm. taking someone's, you know, stories? And we've got our Indigenous advisory, and and exactly what you experience when we go in, and we're like, okay, you can share, you cannot share, you can choose to create art and not give it a, to us. You can take it home, you can do whatever you want, but by and large, they're just like, no one's ever asked me before. I want to tell you yes. what I've experienced. I know. We have one more 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add um, add to this discussion because it's it's great. Um, but I think yeah, we talked about reconciliation. It's it's a, it's a big word right now, and trying to create what is it and bring mm -hmm. that to life is mm -hmm. still work. Um, you know, um, Senator Sinclair did say, you know, we've shown you the way, and so and or we've shown you the mountain, and now we have to figure out how to climb it, right? And so that's so reconciliation is something we're actively working on every day, um, and so there is right now a very um, robust conversation about what is appropriation and mm -hmm. what is appropriate, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. there's no easy answer to that. I think for me, the answer always sits in relationship. It lives in relationship and it mm -hmm. lives in between our relationship. And so where do we come to with that is, is sort of the answer. Um, but it's, it's good conversation to have, right? Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, when we have the best of intention to showcase and highlight and bring awareness, um, that sometimes the outcome is we're doing a bit of harm, right? Mm -hmm. if, if it's not done in an appropriate way. So, um, and I think I just wanted to put a fine point because I think I hear Hope saying it in all kinds of different ways, which really is very heartwarming for me, um, that people don't, and I think maybe if, if the larger society would for sh really understand that um, individuals don't participate in the arts um, because there are structural barriers. It's not because they don't want to, or it's their, you know, their own individual capacity is preventing them. I think my work in the community has shown that, I, I mean, I like Pareto's rule, I love those, <laughs> those numbers, um, but it feels to me like 80% of the time, it's because there's a structural barrier versus 20% yeah. of the time it might be an individual capacity issue. So, and I see that not only in the arts, I see that in the social issues of the day, you know, Absolutely. environment, justice, education, you name it, that seems to ring true to me, so. Do you think the arts are going to be the easiest one to maybe have everybody at a level playing field or whatever? I think, well, the, soonest? the arts are, are a way to like start the conversation. That's mm -hmm. in my yeah. mind, my role, or yes. the role of Sarah's body of, of the arts in general is like, okay, we're, we're not gonna show you the answers because we don't have them, but let's start a conversation, let's open the dialogue, let's inspire, let's, let's allow you to see another perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I think the arts have that kind of immediate power to do that. Um, and then very important that we make sure those continued conversations are happening afterwards too, and that we're not just, okay, we did that project, now we move on, but how do we maintain the relationships? And that'll be true. Well, I can hardly wait to see the outcome come May 2020. It's gonna be something kind of, I think extraordinary. One of a first of its kind, one of a kind. Yes, because yeah, these pieces will not be recreated. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty interesting. Exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Hope. Thank you. Thank you, Hope. Yes. Thanks for sharing. That was wonderful. Cheers. 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 Thanks to Fox Ridge Homes and Poppy Clothing. for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. 
Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.